All right, everybody, welcome back to the E Hunter podcast. Um, I'm Taryn Hunt. I'm joined by Seth King. Seth, you there, buddy? I am here. All right, sweet. About time we get you back on the podcast. It's been a minute. It has been a minute for we, both of us, I think. <laughs> we have been a little, a little busy. I did do one last week with the Winter Range Foundation, and I have a bunch lined up, which is awesome. I'm, I'm excited to kind of get back going on it, but. Um, but yeah, we've been a little busy hunting. <laughs> we have been. <laughs> That's a good thing to be busy with, you know? Correct. Yes. Oh, shoot. Well, before we jump into the podcast, as always, uh, I want to thank our sponsors and, and supporters. Uh, first and foremost, Vortex Optics. Sure appreciate those guys. I don't know about you, Seth, but I've been spending a lot of time behind my Vortex lately. Oh, yeah. The, the entire entire South Dakota hunt, my 18s went everywhere with me yeah so yeah, yeah between uh glassing and uh, most of my hunts have been rifle hunts i've had my my uh razor hd gen 2 on my gun mm. lately so yeah i love that scope but man it's a heavy old thing i wish i had your scope no it's not that heavy you're you're just being picky dude it is it is <laughs> heavy man that thing it's amazing i mean if you want to like the the top of the top upper echelon best glass best functionality it, yeah you can't beat it it's like the best scope that's ever been created but it does weigh a little bit so nothing like your what is your lht weigh i can't even remember what they weigh uh i can't remember off the top of my head it's not very heavy it and it's awesome i love it yeah but yeah see. I, i've got it I right can't here. remember what it weighs let's see will this tell me so I'm on the uh, Optics Planet website. They've actually, I don't know if you go on Optics Planet very much, Seth, but they have a lot of great deals on Vortex stuff. I've been telling everybody just to go to, to Optics Planet lately and and get their, their Vortex stuff because it's, uh, man, they got some great, great stuff on. So it's 21.7 ounces for your LHT. That's pretty okay. dang light, dude. 21.7, mm-hmm. that's not bad at all. Mm-mm. No, it it doesn't, it's not noticeably heavy. You know what I mean? Like, you don't pick up the scope or the gun after the scope's on it and be like, this thing sucks. I mean, it's it's pretty light. Yeah. The, mine weighs 48.5 ounces, so it's more than <laughs> double. More than double. Weight. You'll be all right. I mean, you got big muscles. 48. That's crazy. That's huge. Jeez. <laughs> but it is. Like, man, I sat down on, uh, well, so on my rifle hunt this year so i had the i don't even what you call it you're gonna get mad at me but i called the early rifle season here in utah (laughs) for a mule deer and i had a a deer i wasn't gonna shoot it but i was like oh i'm gonna look at it and uh so i kind of looked at it a little bit it was about 880 yards away and i really i mean i really thought about you pulling the trigger on it but dude it was so easy with that scope i mean you, you dial it up Click it up. It, it's you know the the magnification. I think what does it do? Go to twenty seven. I think on that. So easily probably could have punched that thing, but I just didn't feel right about it. I wanted to get closer to it, so I didn't do it. But dude, long range hunting with that is <laughs> is so easy. So, anyways, um, yeah, you can go to Optics Planets, and actually, I'm going to release this podcast the Saturday after Black Friday. So a lot of the Black Friday deals. Are going to be going on. So if you're looking for uh, some new Vortex stuff, go to, to OpticsPlanet.com and uh, check out some of their deals. I'll put a link down in the show notes so that you guys can just click on it and go to it. But um, man, yeah, pretty awesome stuff that they they have on here. Also, want to thank uh, Onyx Maps. 
Onyx, jeez, uh, when I was in Alaska, we're going to talk a little bit about some of these hunts today, but when I was in Alaska, Onyx was my lifesaver because I had no idea where I was at. I downloaded the maps before I went, and, dude, they they saved my bacon. I guess you probably had the same <laughs> thing in South Dakota, huh? Yeah, because we had, we had intermixed uh, property lines and stuff, so you needed to know where you were at all the time and where the deer were, and I used it to to do some the tracking feature to, to see where I was at and make sure I was covering area and stuff. Um, so yeah, I loved it. Worked yeah. great. I think Onyx is like something you just have to have it now. Yep. And it's funny. I listen to other podcasters talk about the companies that sponsor them and I won't mention mm-hmm. any other companies' names, but they always <laughs> say like, Oh, it's a great one for 3d maps, but you probably want to have a backup just in case. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. okay, just say it. Onyx is better than what you're mm-hmm. using. So <laughs> just have Onyx just in case you need it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. uh, I love, it. in fact, I was watching a video today on, uh, on climate, uh, sleeping pads and there was just this backpacker guy. It wasn't even a hunter, but he was even saying like when he goes backpacking, like, the number one tool for his backpack, like I was, I was looking to see what his like backpacking tools were. And like no, one of his top, I think it was top five or top 10 was what is Onyx backcountry map. So it's a, nice. it's, it's a must have if you're going out into the out mountains for hunting or. And, or and it's got the 3d feature. Yeah. So, yep. It's got both. Yeah. It was pretty hard out there in South Dakota because there is some elevation change, but not much. Mm-hmm. So, it still kind of looked kind of flat in the 3D mode, but it uh, it did give you that little bit of uh, variance and stuff. But yeah, it, it worked well. Dude, I, I love the 3D. Like going back to my Alaska hunt, because they kind of told us where they'd be flying us into. They didn't give us like the exact lake that they'd be landing us on, but they kind of gave us an idea. And so, yeah, I kind of got to look at everywhere I would be hunting before I ever even went there. In fact, I looked where I shot my blacktail before I, I was ever there and kind of knew exactly how, how steep it was. Of course, it's always steeper when you're climbing it, though, when it looks on Onyx map, by the way. So you, you can get fooled. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't, let the, don't let the mapping fool you, because we did that in Colorado last year. I looked at it. I'm like, oh, we can, we can hustle up that hill. It don't look that bad. And then we got there, and the valley floor, floor is 6,800, and the top of the mountain is 9,600. and it happened in a hurry. So I was like, Oh, maybe we can't climb right up that real fast. (laughs) I've decided when you're climbing something, it's never real fast. It always takes forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Except for if there's an animal on their other side, for some reason, I don't even notice that I'm climbing or walking or hiking when there's an animal on their side. So uh, it's the trip back out that you're questioning how fast you moved. Yeah. When you're back and you're out, you're like, man, I don't remember hustling this fast (laughs) covering this much ground. (laughs) Uh, for sure. Oh <laughs> uh, well, but anyways, we sure appreciate Onyx. There's there's some great guys and a great system. And if you haven't checked them out, definitely check them out. Onyxmaps.com. And and you know if if you don't have a, a subscription, definitely get one. We've given some away. Stay tuned. We will probably give more away. Um, we actually I have some. Seth, should we give? Mm-hmm. Should we give one away? We, we might. Uh, I think we let's, should. Let's save it. Let's save it till the end. And then we'll ask them to answer something that we talk about in the podcast. Okay, but listen. the but the question is here. I've got I've got some premium memberships, Ooh. and I have I have a couple elite memberships too. Mm. We might hold off on the elite, but I think let's go ahead and give away mm-hmm. a premium membership at the end of the show. How about that? 
Um, sounds good to me. Okay. All right, guys. That's hook, line, and sinker right there. You got to stay with us <laughs> if you want a free Onyx membership <laughs> right there. <laughs> cool. Any other yeah, shout-outs we one. need to do, Seth? Um, we let's see. We talked about how awesome Vortex was. We talked about how awesome Onyx was. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Henry. Yes. Um, I chased Whitetails with the, the 4570. I couldn't make it happen, but it was really fun to be packing that thing around with uh, a deer tag in my pocket i actually used it a little bit on the uh, utah general season hunt too but i uh, was unsuccessful on both accounts with it but it was really fun to be packing it around i need to ask you something so you text me something today about uh taking the henry's and doing some coyote hunting Are you serious about that yes sir that would be kind of, dude, I, I think that would be a blast. In fact, I'll probably take my boy with us, put the uh, the Henry 44 mag in his hands. I'll take the yeah, 30 30 with me. And, dude, we could just be all out Henry a firearms. Henry, a, whole, a, a whole Henry thing. Yeah. Take the 30 30, the 45 70, mm-hmm. and the, the 44 mag and, and see what happens. I'd love <laughs> to see what a 45 70 does oh, to a, a it'd Kyle, be a, I think it'd be an absolute carnage you would show but you would make a mess <laughs> yeah i think it'd be fun though <laughs> oh it'd be a blast yeah when you text me that i was like man that actually that would actually be pretty freaking fun so yeah i yeah. think so i think we're gonna have to uh try that out so yeah, i think so cool yeah no i'm I, I love henry uh they're awesome they've been good supporters of here of of us here at uh e-hunter and so uh, super cool guys too so so grateful for them as well yep so. good company well we just wanted to take a few minutes and and talk about what's been going on at e-hunter uh, let you guys know what we've been doing like i said i've been really busy with hunts and so we apologize we haven't uh we, we've kind of kept the articles going out on the website but uh, as far as podcasts and videos go we kind of slowed down but uh, really hitting it hard now that the hunting season is is starting to wrap up. We've got a few more coming up, and we'll talk about those here in just a little bit. But, um, you know, the Monday morning quick tips, I got those back up, Seth. I got one. I did one this week. I think I've got it. <laughs> I've seen that. You had a toe warmer one today or yeah. yesterday. Do you ever do that? Today, right? Uh, today, uh, yeah. I, I needed to. I needed to in South Dakota, <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> Always, dude. Always, I always have those those toe warmers in my backpack because I can't wear a I can't wear an insulated boot. My feet yeah. sweat so bad. In fact, I was watching well, uh, the the gritty podcast and he was talking about how his feet sweat all the time and what he's trying to do. And I wanted to like crawl through the screen and tell him to use a toe warmer, but I can't wear insulated boots, and so that's what I do. See, and I can only wear uh, on day to day stuff. It has to be uninsulated, but I have a pair of four hundreds back there and the problem was i was fine if i was moving it wasn't cold or anything but as soon as i'd stop and and sit down and start looking for deer oh my gosh it would just seep in through those those 400s and it was killing me yeah um, i definitely needed a, a toe warmer setup it's dude it's it's the best because you can hike in you know here in the west the way that we mm-hmm. hunt for the most part is is we do a lot of glassing and, but to get there, you got to hike to the top of a certain mountain. I guess sometimes you can drive to the top of the mountain. But even if you drive, you got to get out. You throw your tripod up, and you you just kind of sitting sit in the cold. Yeah, you're sitting there, <laughs> standing there. And so I'll kind of let my feet cool off a little bit, so they're not you know all sweaty and whatnot. And then it, when it's super cold, like Colorado last year is a great example. 
you know it was snowing like no not last year two years ago but it was snowing like crazy it was so cold and i just you know pop my foot out throw a toe warmer on throw the the boot back in there and actually it helped dry out my foot as well from the the sweat but then just that heat was oh so nice so i could have used them big time (laughs) never never leave home without a a toe warmer But I think I've got uh, the next probably four to six weeks of, of Monday morning quick tips scheduled out. So a lot of them actually have to do with boots. So uh, it's a we're sponsored by Sneak Tech Boots for the Monday morning quick tip. And a lot of those Monday morning quick tips are about boots. So so uh, check those out. Make sure that you're subscribed to our YouTube channel, by the way. I, uh, I just posted the video of my Alaska hunt, which we'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute as well. But a lot of cool videos that we're, we're posting up there. So make sure you're subscribed to that uh, YouTube channel as well so and then podcast got like yep. i said got a lot of podcasts lined up um coming out that are that will be coming out or will be being recorded i guess i, I should say and so one of them a really big one that's going to be coming out is so utah is changing the way that it's uh doing it well there's proposed changes for the elk um draw here in utah and so i am getting with oh what's dax's last name <laughs> Do you remember, Seth? <laughs> I can't remember. Dax, I'm no. sorry if you're listening to this. No. Oh, he's going to kick my butt now that I can't remember his last name. But uh, he's with the the Utah DWR, uh, Division of Wildlife Resources. And he is going to, we're going to talk about what these proposed changes are. And then also, uh, oh, Dax Mangus, that's his name, Dax Mangus. Um, and, and then the impact of it. And so... We, we're going to do a podcast talking about what the proposed changes were and what that could look like, but we decided it would be better to wait until the board votes on it, which is December 1st, by the way. They'll be voting on that. Mm-hmm. And so we'll get together uh, next week, and, or not next week, yeah, next week, and we're going to talk about what that looks like and the impact that it'll have on Utah hunters for elk, which I think, Seth, it's going to screw me over for my elk hunt. A lot of guys still have this illusion of grandeur that... If you draw a rut hunt in Utah for elk, you're going to shoot a 400-inch bull. <laughs> and the the wildlife board over the years has continually lowered the age objective. And when you do that, you're going to kill not as big a bulls. That's just that's just how it works. Yeah. And so those days of killing a lot of 400-inch bulls have have gone away. You're you're going to see a, a smaller size of bulls being killed. Yeah sad i mean it's it is sad and it's bulls it's bucks it's all the above so Mm -hmm. i mean it's sad deal so we'll we'll talk about those proposed changes so make sure you're subscribed to the podcast if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed just do it right now just go down there click the little plus button click the subscribe button get subscribed because that will be coming out here uh, in the next couple weeks so i'm gonna try and be better about getting the podcast out quickly after i record them I've been kind of on this, oh, we're going to do it every week, every, you know, one a week kind of a thing. But uh, I think I might change and just do it as as we record them, get them out for you guys to listen to so that you know what's going on in real time, especially stuff like that. You want to know really what's what's going on. And so, so yeah, anyways, a lot of cool stuff coming up um, from eHunter. Make sure you're checking out the website every day. We're posting new articles every single day. I finally got Seth back to writing. Thank you, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you, buddy. It's been a mighty hectic uh, six months. Yeah, 
It has. Let's talk about it though. Let's let's get into it. I, I kind of want to kick things off a little bit. I want you to tell us a little bit about this uh, this pronghorn hunt because pronghorn are truck uh, chasers, so they pretty much just jump in the back of your truck. And so if it did it, did you shoot it after it jumped in the back of your truck or what, Seth? Not when you're bow hunting. Uh, <laughs> and I like how you're playing hard to get when you know full well you were out there some of the time. I wasn't out there at all. I had no part of that. Everybody. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> we almost had one. We almost had one jump in the side by side though. We did I literally. Almost, I almost almost got the shot on that one, but uh, there was some mechanical errors that didn't take place, and I wasn't able to shoot. Oh come um, on, tell that story, tough. dude. That was funny. That was okay. so funny. So, so I'll just do a quick overview. So the first the first opening day. Uh, I was using a decoy. I had a buck who did not know what to think of me. Um, I would get like 60 to 80 yards from him, uh, stick the decoy in the ground, try to get on him. He'd walk away. Uh, really fun. Like I was grinning ear to ear when I got back. I didn't, I shot at him at about 75 yards. He jumped the string, um, but it was super fun. He, he would turn and look at me and he'd do that, you know, the f- and I'd do it back to him, and he just did not know what to make of that. Um, super fun. Uh, the following week was really quiet. I didn't see much. I mean, I seen some, but I, I didn't have any success. Um, and then that next week, Taryn went with me. Um, we chased a buck around in the morning and could never make a, a like full-on stock of him. And then we took a road, and we're driving around in the side-by-side, and we see a buck and he's, he's out there, I don't know, 400 yards out in the sagebrush, but he's working towards the fence line. So we kind of let him do that for a little bit. And then I says, I think it was Taryn that said, it. he's like, let's just drive down the road and see what he does. And I'm like, all right. And he, he just kept coming and coming and we kept going that direction. And it, they started getting closer and closer and we got to about 125 yards and he was still walking towards the road and the fence and, and we're still driving. So I, I got my arrow out and got the arrow knocked and got the trigger release on the, on the, the string. And I had to kind of turn real awkwardly to get the, the whole system out the window of the side by side. And we rolled up onto him and, uh, Taryn ranged him. And what was he like? 52? 50, yeah. 52 or 54 or something like that. And he was standing there broadside looking at us and I started to draw back and, I don't know if it was the weird angle or what I did, but the trigger release wasn't uh, attached quite right to the loop. So I got it back about an eighth of the way, and then the arrow fell off the string, or the trigger release fell off the string, and the arrow fell off. And <laughs> I couldn't get, couldn't get the arrow back on in time, and he, he wandered off. But uh, yeah, we almost had one jump in the truck. Um, it was pretty it, much the, the main the, reason, the definition of a show you know a certain yeah, kind of show yeah a certain kind of show um <laughs> a crap show um but uh that whole hunt kind of was um it was great for the the area but we had really um unseasonal or un i guess non-typical amount of of rain we got a whole bunch of rain and it kind of ruined sitting on water for about two and a half weeks um because there was water everywhere and then on top of that my blind was destroyed by the wind and the cows so i couldn't sit in the blind um 
So I'm I was here purely trying to. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was just it just is what it is. Um, and uh, I purely spot and stock tried my guts out. I had about uh, I think it was five. And some of them were the same buck, but I had five stocks that were between about 75 and 110 yards. Um, the last day of the hunt that I, I was able to go, I, I had some a doe or five does and a buck feeding right to me. And they just, they took the upper trail and it was a, an 80 yard shot. And I honestly, I know I missed him because I watched him run off. But I, I honestly don't know where that arrow went. It looked like it was dropping right in. I think I must have shot just underneath him. The grass was kind of tall right there. Um, but I uh, shot at one with Taryn um, and uh, nicked his leg. That was so uh, crazy. That was just the jumped, craziest whole situation. He, yeah, He jumped the string so much that he turned back into the flight of the arrow. And I nicked him with one blade. Um, Dude, he we was watched like a him. lightning bolt, man. How fast oh, he yeah. moved was yeah, it was so unreal. fast. And so I watched him. We watched him for quite a while. He was healthy. Um it was not a mortal wound at all. It was just a nick. Um but yeah, it was just a butt kicker. I mean, it was fun, don't get me wrong. And we chased antelope most days, but uh not being able to sit water for most of the hunt. And then when it finally did dry out, I had a damaged blind that wouldn't even stand up anymore um lots of spot and stock failures uh yeah. but that's bow hunting uh antelope spot and stock i mean there's there's no illusions if you're gonna do it it's tough and you're gonna get humbled a whole bunch but it was fun yeah it was frustrating though let's be honest oh, it was extremely for, frustrating for sure for sure like you but, make all these stocks like i was talking to a buddy of mine that really wants to hunt pronghorn archery yeah. and i'm like no you don't He's like, no, it gives you so many opportunities to to go and, and to uh, you know have so many spot and stocks. I'm like, yeah, it does. But that's super frustrating because you uh, get so many spot and stocks and you don't get to shoot anything. <laughs> no, if you if you are a spot and stock guy, ninety five percent of the time your stocks are going to end between two hundred and a hundred yards. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then about. 10% of those stocks are going to end between 180 and, and you might get a one or 2% type deal where you, you get lucky and close into about 60. They're just, their eyes are so good. Um, you've just got to have the perfect setup to close the gap. Well, the bad thing was like, like you're saying with the rut, you know, they weren't really heavily into it. And so they weren't completely Twitter painted and well, you know, they're still with it. A typical Utah hunt. Let's give the bow hunters the season where they're not in the rut yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, tease you a little bit because they're not quite there. Yep. They might, you know, bugle a little bit or something like yep. that, but... or push a few, or make some noise, or but yeah, they're never gonna, they're never gonna be full tilt, and that's just the Utah way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but it it is what it is. It was a, it was an all right hunt, but yeah, we just uh, couldn't make her happen. Yeah, it was a lot of fun though. We had a good time. I, I mean, I had a good time. It, it was fun being oh, yeah. being out there and hanging out and you know chasing all those those antelope. It really was fun seeing them, and yeah, we we had a good time. Yep, I I have no complaints. Like I would have loved to kill one, but I had chances and I I chased a lot of bucks and I seen one buck that was an absolute bruiser. And the buck I hit and uh, nicked his leg was a nice buck, but. 
the one buck I seen the second to last weekend, I got about a hundred yards from him before he took his like 35 does and ran off. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was a stud. I mean, I don't know, 78 plus. I would have absolutely been ecstatic to get him with a bow. Yeah. So. No, it was, it was a good time. And, uh, it was, yeah, like you said, the weather was just so crazy. I think like the weather in general this year for all the hunts was just, it was a little Weird. crazy. Yeah. Little, 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 different. little different than what we normally deal with. Yeah. But it, it still was a good time. So. Yep. Yep. Oh, good. Well, that was kind of the beginning. That kind of kicked us off for our hunts this year. And so, and it was fun because Seth and I finally got to hunt together. That was the first time you and I ever got to hunt together. We've known each other for how long now? And finally. <laughs> since to... since 20, what, 2020? Early 2020? Yeah. That's yep. sad, man. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. but it was it was good to get together. A lot more to come. We have a lot more that we got a lot yep. more hunts to do together. <laughs> so. Henry 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 coyote hunting in Dude, like a month. That's gonna be a blast. <laughs> I, in a month, I was thinking like tomorrow. <laughs> as soon as well, as soon as as soon as Thanksgiving's over, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh man, you got to do it before the first of the year because I got a hunt coming up the first of the year. So what do you got coming up the first of the year? I'm going to Arizona. Oh, you are archery deer hunt? Yeah, did you? Did I not tell you, you about this? You did not tell me about this. Oh, so leave man. this guy hanging, man, all so, the time. Because I know he's listening. Uh, one of my best friends, Chad Fever. So he, Chad, is the one that I, is one of the ones that I went to Alaska, Alaska with. Alaska with, right? Yeah, yeah. So he calls me up. It's been a while ago, and says, "Hey, do you want to go to Arizona uh, first part of January and go hunt mule deer?" Like, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. You know, I just have never done it. And he's like, I've uh, got you hooked up, fully guided, uh, going to take you Whoa. down there the first week of uh, of January. Um, and yeah, I just kind of got hooked up with it. So we're going nice. down there with, um, man, I'm doing terrible with names. Uh, zero guide fees. Travis, what's Travis's last name? Do you know? No, I, I have never... I, of this person <laughs> <laughs> well i i've i've known these guys for I, i've known of, of these guys for a while and i know a few guys that uh um have guided with him oh travis mcclendon is his name um but they they guide down there on in arizona quite a bit and so yeah we got hooked up with them and uh they're going to take us as out guiding or out hunting and and chad's actually hunted with uh travis's guides before so it kind of had the hook up there as well. So yeah, we're, he- we're heading out. We leave New Year's Day. We'll be gone for a week. Um, gonna go down there and and uh, see if we can't get us a good mule deer. So nice. That'll be awesome. Yeah, but no, Talking Chad's a good guy. Mother. I've I've really enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> Chad's been a great hunting partner of mine. So Chad, sure appreciate you. I know you're listening to this. He listens. I believe he listens to most of my my podcast chat if you're listening you better like leave a comment or something so that i know you're listening but um but yeah i went to alaska with him and so i'll kind of just uh tell you a little bit about that um if you haven't watched the video i don't know did the video turn out okay seth yeah i, I liked it a lot okay. it showed you the experience of getting there um hunting a little bit i i liked it a lot yeah I, I didn't get like the kill shots on there or anything like that. So don't get too excited. But, but yeah, I think it uh, kind of just describes the whole situation, the whole experience. Um, 
It was a lot of fun. This is a trip that we booked two years ago. And if you guys have been a follower of eHunter, listen to the podcast, you've heard me talk about it for freaking ever. I've uh, been so excited about that, uh, that Alaska trip. So we went up there, caribou and blacktail hunting. And man, it was it was everything that I, I could have imagined. When we first got there, we took the first day um, that when we got into to Kodiak and actually did some fishing with the people that we were staying with. Uh, Kodiak Charters, by the way, is the people that we stayed with. And, um, got some halibut, got a little bit of salmon, um, caught a few other kind of cool fish out there in, in the, in the bay there, Larson Bay, um, had a great time. And then, uh, just because of weather and stuff that it's another thing that's weird out there is when you fly out there, you, you're kind of just at the whims of, of the weather and what it's going to do. And so we kind of had to wait for the weather to get right, the winds to get right so that the float plane could come and grab us and take us out to the middle of nowhere, to uh, <laughs> some random lake and, and go camping. Um, but he did. Finally, it worked out. He was able to come grab us. Uh, we loaded all of our stuff into this just, I think it was a Cessna, oh, what was it? A 207, I think is what it was, or something like that. Little little puddle jumper. Yeah, just an itty-bitty little <laughs> plane. It, can, it could take 1,000 pounds is all it could take. That's including our, us and our gear. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we were pretty lightweight camped in there. We ate just uh, dehydrated foods um, while we we're out there. I'm, I'm really bummed because uh, they, they hooked us up with the food there at the, the charter company and they gave us mountain houses, which mountain house is okay, but a uh, little tangent here. Have you ever tried Heather's Choice before? Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. If you're a dehydrated food eater, now Peaks is good too. I like Peaks Refuel, uh, Chad Mendez's <laughs> stuff. So Chad, shout out to you, brother. But um, that's good stuff. But Heather's Choice, man, Heather's Choice has got some good, good dehydrated food. So I wish I could have taken that with me. But uh, sorry, tangent there. Anyways, <laughs> that was that was all we could take is about is a thousand pounds. That included bear fence, tents, sleeping bags, pads, everything. So we were really light going in there in that plane. Yeah. Um, and then you gotta imagine, you know, you got big guys and guns and all that stuff. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. So we were loaded down to the max, but man, we got out there. He just, he, he kind of flew us over and you can't hunt the same day that you fly. You can't hunt caribou. Why, yeah. yeah. So, and, and when we went out there, I kind of realized why, because when we flew out there, he flew us over and he was showing us like herds of caribou out there. And uh, we're like, okay, yeah, that's, that makes sense why you can't hunt them. Cause they're right there and you can just go, of course you can't walk anywhere very quickly out there. Right. So they could move before you get there and they move quick. You know, they'll just be feeding along at like 10 miles an hour. Just, it's amazing how fast they can move. But, uh, sorry, I make a long story short. That first day we were out there since we couldn't hunt caribou, we were like, Oh, let's go blacktail hunting. I found an, an awesome blacktail. He's sitting right here next to me. Um, I was so stoked when I first saw him, I was like, Oh yeah, that, that buck's going to be mine. I say that in the video. But uh, shows the video of me getting set up on him, and it happens quickly, so I didn't get the, like I said, the kill shot on, on video. But uh, talked about it afterwards. I freaking geeked out like crazy. I was so excited about this stupid <laughs> little deer. I don't know why. Like, I treated him like he was like a 210-inch mule deer. It was just but crazy. He's a big, he's a big sicker, dude. He, he is a big sicker. And what's funny, so I didn't end up getting a caribou. Um, I Long story short, I, I fell in a hole while we were out there, and I, it messed up my gun. And uh, I know that's an excuse that everybody always uses, uh, and I'm going to use that excuse because when I got home and shot it, it was shooting significantly high into the left. So, But the gun saved my life. Chad saved my life. He pulled me out of the hole. So, Chad, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, so I didn't end up getting a caribou. Chad and Lee, the guys that I were with, was with, they both got caribou. 
Um, and they're cool caribou. Uh, you know, they're they're not the the biggest caribou out there. In fact, on Kodiak Island, they're not really caribou. They're they're reindeer. Reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. And and it you can kind of see that now, like because Lee shot a cow and Chad shot a bull. Lee's cow is, I mean, you, you would never know which one was the bull and which one's the cow. The the bull is a lot wider, uh, and actually, it's cool. Chad's got a, a cool one. He's, he's going to do a shoulder mount on it. Um, again, not the biggest thing, but it was funny when we got back. It, you know, it was funny how everybody was so excited about this sick of blacktail that I got, this itty-bitty little thing. <laughs> and they're like, dude, that thing's so cool. <laughs> so uh, it was a trip, but we... Uh, you know, we were going to kind of hang out there and, and hunt another day or two, but the the pilot sent us an inreach message and says, "Hey guys, if you want to get out of there, you either got to come out uh, tomorrow morning or uh, you got to stay in there for another, you know, five days or however long the, it takes for the weather to get out." And so uh, we decided it was it was time to go back, and and we were happy. I was happy with my blacktail. They were happy with their caribou, and and I was honestly uh, just as happy having the experience and and not getting the caribou. But we went back, did some more fishing, and uh, and then came home. But man, if if you ever get a chance to go to Alaska, it, it's an unreal place. I mean, you, words cannot explain it. the The video does not do it justice. It's a it's an amazing place. So, Seth, some one of these days, maybe you and I are gonna have to go up there and do like a Arctic, like up in the Arctic Circle, up in the what is it, the Brooks Range? Brooks some of those. Range. You yeah. have a lot of faith. You have a lot of faith in me. Come on, man, let's do it. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> all I want to kill, all I want to kill there is a caribou. Yeah, it's uh, it man, caribou are they're interesting animals to hunt. Caribou is just a just the experience of hunting caribou is so crazy. And I don't know that you know when I with the reindeer, I probably wouldn't have shoulder mounted them. I don't know, maybe just for the experience. But I'd yeah. love to have a big caribou up on the wall. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, good times. It was it was a fun experience. Really enjoyed it. Again, if you if you get a chance to go to Alaska, uh, take it, do it. Just just make it happen because it is it is so much fun. So <laughs> check out that video. It's on our YouTube page again. If you're not subscribed to our our YouTube page, um, get subscribed to it. It's awesome. So all right, one other story, uh, Seth. I wanted to have you talk about your. You also got a chance to get out of state and do some hunting as well. You got a chance to go to to South Dakota and and smack a whitetail, huh? Yes. But so before I do that, oh, if you if you can, I want the quick details on this monster uh, <laughs> deer you guided someone to. <laughs> if you can, I don't want to take the hunt, the still the hunter's thunder or anything. If you can, if not, we'll just move right along. Oh no, absolutely. I can, I can talk a little bit about this. I, I won't give that away. So this is, this is where I actually guide. So I'm a, a guide here in Utah and, uh, this is where I actually take people to, to hunt. So I, I won't give away all the, all the details <laughs> on it, but I'd actually found uh, a different buck that we were chasing. Um, good. Uh, he was a good solid buck, probably 190, 195 class buck. And that's really what I wanted to get um, this guy on. This, and by the way, the, this hunter that I had with me, top notch, man. Uh, very cool dude. Um, just, I, I don't know, we had a blast. We didn't get to spend a lot of time together because we, we killed so fast, which <laughs> never going to complain <laughs> about that. But um, but very cool dude. But um, anyways, he, he got this tag, reached out and asked if I would guide him. I said, yeah. And so we were hunting this deer that I'd been following for a, a few weeks and thought for sure we we're going to get into him, especially because it had snowed on on the Sunday. So we hunted the Saturday, and then we don't hunt on Sunday, and it snowed on that Sunday. 
and then we were going out back on about back out on monday and so i was like oh man this is going to be a good hunt with that snow coming in it's going to kind of push the bucks out and maybe get him to start rutting a little bit and, he, and even the buck that i saw a couple weeks before had a, a pretty big neck on him so they already kind of started anyways we went into the area where they, i had seen that buck and i thought for sure we'd get on him and um we ended up seeing a good buck. I'm like, oh, hey, maybe that's him. And then I pulled up my binos and I could tell it wasn't him because this one had cheaters coming off of it everywhere. And and the one that we were hunting was a straight four point. He may have had a, a fifth on one side. I'm, I'm not sure. In fact, the guy that I guide for uh, with Pine Creek Outfitters, his name's Trevor Hunt. No relation, but he's been on the podcast before. He thinks pretty sure that it, it was a four by five. And we're hoping it hasn't been killed. But anyways, I, I knew that this buck wasn't it. But I, I knew that you know, obviously it's a it was a solid buck. And I could see the the kickers coming off of it. And I was like, hey Chandler, dude, you, you, that's that's a good buck. Let's, let's we'll 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 be happy with that one. Go ahead and knock that one down. And you know when you're in that situation and you're guiding somebody, you're always worried about like you know can this person shoot? Are they going to know how <laughs> to react in this situation? And it, it worked out really well because it, it was so fast that he didn't get a chance to really even really look at it. He had no idea what he shot. He shot, pancaked that thing. Beautiful shot. Um, pancaked it. And I was like, dude, yeah, great shot. It's down. He's like, what did I shoot? <laughs> I was like, I, I think you're going to be pretty surprised. I think you're going to be pretty happy with it when we get up there. And, and even at that point, I didn't know what he'd shot. I knew, I knew it was a good buck, but I had no idea. So we walked up the hill there and um, to where it was at. And it was actually not that bad, like a 300-yard shot. But walked over to it, and and then it really started to set in what to what he had done. And uh, I, I told him, I was like, dude, well, you just you just joined the 200-inch club easily. Um, if you guys haven't seen on our, our uh, social media, you can either go to the E-Hunter page or my social media, Taryn D. Hunt, and you can see pictures of this deer, but just an absolute brute. Uh, it measured him out, and we pa- we taped him pretty tight, and we didn't count all the little stickers that he had out at, at his bases, which we which we probably should have counted those. But even without those, and with taping him pretty tight, we taped him out at 224 inches. So it's a toad. That oh, is an absolute toad. <laughs> he's a brute. Oh man, he's such and he's such a beautiful deer. He's not an old deer. That's what's crazy. I, I really wouldn't put him over four or five years old. Big neck, you know, <sighs> when you, you big old neck, but yeah, uh for the people that want my uh side of the story, I'm uh sitting here on a Monday <laughs> working and uh I get a text message with Taryn holding the skull all caped out of this giant buck and i'm like um excuse me what the hell the, <laughs> yeah like the, the the pictures you sent me a couple of weeks ago that one you wanted to kill was just a big four point i'm like um what 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 is this so i was quite shocked but yeah it's it's an awesome buck yeah it was uh it was a pleasant surprise um i'd love to well Love to say I've been tracking him all year long. We do have video of him earlier on in the year. And so we knew that he was in the area. In fact, we knew that there was a couple other ones in the area. Trevor was actually able to get his daughter on one of the other ones that we call Scar. There was also a stud buck. Did you see that one, Seth? I don't know if I've seen that one or not. So it, it uh, I think I posted it up on our, on our Instagram. I can't remember. But so we were able to get two of the bucks that we had been seeing in that area so there, and like I said, this one that we shot, we do have video of him earlier on in the year, but I thought there'd be no way that he would come out during the hunt. Cause a buck like that, you know, he, he's big, he's smart. 
there's no way he's going to come out where we're going to shoot him during the hunt without uh, get him like solid right in the middle of the rut or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, we we made it happen on him, and I couldn't be more happy. Chandler couldn't be more happy. So it, it was it was pretty awesome deal. That's that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. If you guys want to more know more, uh, give me give me a shout out. Let me know. Uh, if you want me to guide you anytime soon, hey, that that's the kind of cl- no. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to put that out there. But no, uh, we we were pretty well booked up for the coming years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a general season hunt, so that kind of deer doesn't happen a whole a whole lot. No, no, you kind of we can do pretty well, but that one that's pretty. When you can't shoot a 230 inch buck on a on a limited entry unit, let alone a, no, a general yeah. unit. So yeah, that was that was crazy. It was. It was awesome. It was. It was a lot of fun. It was. It was a good time. I mean, we just we had a blast with it. I wish I could have got better pictures because the pictures didn't turn out as good as I wanted them to. But man, it was. Uh, oh, it was so cool. So, all right, that's enough of that. Tell us about this. Tell us about this whitetail hunt because that's fresh on the mind. That just you just barely got home from that, right? I <laughs> uh, got home last uh, Thursday, man. so just a couple days ago. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, veterans day 2 30 in the morning woke up got everybody in the truck and uh trucked all the way to south central south dakota um about a 14 hour drive from my dad's place up in central utah uh got there ate some dinner got to the place we were staying awesome accommodations kind of like a a barn dominium like a little barn dominium they turned into a hunting lodge um woke up monday or let's see saturday morning uh seen a buck right off the bat in the morning and uh had four guys and and myself in the truck and i'm like that's a pretty good buck and the guys that had been there were like no no no, we need to pass and i was very confused (laughs) um being the being the non whitetail hunter that I am, I'm like, well, it looks pretty good to me. Um, but I began to learn what a, what a shooter was and wasn't. So, uh, uh, we passed it. And I honestly think it was, uh, a buck that the young hunter that was hunting with a shot at missed, uh, the following day, mm-hmm. or maybe it was that night. Um, but anyways, uh, the morning was okay. We kind of drove around, kind of learned the, got, got the property right in my mind and the, the other hunters minds. Um, and uh it's kind of a unique situation there uh the one parcel was 800 and something acres but it uh, kind of made a u shape and then the property in the what would be the open air of the u was somebody else so you had to uh verify where the deer were quite a bit and make sure they were on the property um which onyx came in handy on that deal um yeah so saturday night i found me a spot up on the I joke and say it's the only mountain in South Dakota, but there are a few, but they're not very big. Um, <laughs> but I found me a spot up there, uh, nestled between a, a rock and a cedar. Um, and I could watch the property line as the deer come down the hill onto the property and, uh, seen a really nice mule deer buck, but the, uh, the tags only for whitetails. Um, uh, about four thirty that night deer just, whitetails just exploded all over the mountain um the young hunter took a shot at a buck and missed him i think i saw that night i think i saw like 47 deer total Jeez. um in, including muleys and then 
Uh, 11 of them were whitetail bucks of varying size. Um, had one buck that was borderline. I took a picture of it, sent it to my dad. <clears throat> it's too bad that uh, he wasn't big enough because I had the Henry that day. And <clears throat> at one point, he was only like 108 yards from me. Oh, man. So I could have. You could have hammered that, couldn't you? 108 yards with the Henry? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I put it on him a couple times while he was milling around with some does. I think I could have thumped him with it. But, um, uh, so that night was fun, but no shooters. Uh, and then this young hunter took a shot at a buck and missed him. And, uh, so we went, we went back home and, or home where we were staying. And, uh, the following morning or that whole Sunday was, uh, the bad day for me. It was the, everywhere we picked turned to crap <laughs> in the morning. We went to a spot and saw, I think four deer all morning long. Um, and on the opposite end of the property on a different piece that young hunter killed his buck that morning um and he's a nice i think he's a 10 point by eastern count um you know a little bit short on the points but a great a great first buck yeah um and then i said all right well we'll go the the other hunter wanted to go where we had went in the morning i said all right well we'll go to the other spot in the evening and sure enough, he shot and missed uh, two shots at an ice buck. And where we were, we saw three deer all night long. One was a buck, but he had broken both of his main beams, like broke them off below his eye guards. I don't know what he did to do that or if he was fighting something or if he fell off a cliff or the the ranch owner said maybe he got in a fight with a tractor <laughs> I, <laughs> hey, I don't know, know how he, those things yeah i don't know how he broke both both antlers clean off below the the eye guards but um so yeah sunday sucked real bad uh, really i mean it had me questioning if i should have passed the other two deer um then monday we we woke up and uh the one guy that had missed wanted to be back over where he missed um I said, that's fine. I'll go back up on the hill where I sat on Saturday night when I had all the activity. Um, and just as I was getting out the truck to hike up to my vantage point, I told the guys in my truck, including my dad, I said, Hey, there's, there's two deer down in that feed plot down there. There's some corn down there that's on the property. And I said, but it's, it was too dark to, to make out exactly what they were, but you could see the shapes of the deer. Um, and they're like, all right, well, we'll keep watching. And I said, yeah, I'm going to, get up on my vantage point because uh, a lot of deer were stringing out into that corn at the end of the evening so i figured he was going to work his way up if it was a buck um so about the time i got to my vantage point i i threw up my vortex 18s got him on the tripod and uh, i got on him and i'm like like that's a pretty nice buck and i said that looks like a shooter to me and about that time my dad and another guy that was helping us both texted me and said hey that one in the corn's big enough and i'm like all right so i dropped my pack and i knew it was going to happen fast and there was a lot of open space out in that corn and i didn't think the the henry was going to be doable so i left the henry sitting with the pack up on the hill uh, and grabbed my seven mag and hustled down the hill to try to cut him off um there's like a, a shelter belt of trees um and he was he in between the corn and and me 
and he started getting into that shelter belt and it was kind of thick. So he was kind of working to the left, uh, which would have been the West. Um, and I kind of cut that direction to, to catch him and I had him in a couple spots where I, I started to see him. So I sat down and got set up shot would have been about 300 yards, but two separate times I had him in some windows, but either he was moving real quick through them or he'd stop, but there were like fairly large limbs across his vitals and stuff. So I, I passed, um, and then he disappeared for a minute. So I, I snuck in a little closer. Um, and I was sitting there looking for him and looking for him. And I, I saw him move for just a second in the trees and then I couldn't see him. And as I'm sitting there, all of a sudden this other shooter buck comes from over the hill uh, from my west to move into the east and he's just ripping. I mean, like full speed, 100 miles an hour. So I'm like, oh, crap. And I, I tried to get on him, but I, I couldn't even swing on him fast enough. He ran right up the fence line and then jumped right into the shelter about where this other buck was. And the way he was moving to the east so fast, I figured, well, he's probably going to stir up this other buck and himself they're probably both going to kind of move off back to the east so i cut through a dry pond um popped up and right at the edge of that shelter belt there was like three trees that were kind of out from it a gap and then a single tree and in between that gap his head was kind of behind the tree but in between that gap there was a buck standing there and so i knew that the two bucks in the area were both shooters um, and so I just plopped down and ranged him. I didn't look and see which bucket was, um, but I ranged him, uh, because everything out there is so deceiving, uh, hunting that wide open country, you'll look at something and be like, oh, it's not that far. And then you'll range it. It's a lot further. Um, but anyways, I ranged him. I'm like, okay, he's the tree he was behind was 186 or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was but uh threw the rangefinder down got down on the gun when i had first seen him i had some buck fever and with some shaking from the cold and stuff but this time when i when i sat down on him that was all gone i was steady um i put the gun on him put it right on his right behind his front shoulder and started to squeeze um i was about halfway through the squeezing on my trigger and he turned instead of his head facing to the east his head was facing to the west and then he started to move through that opening and it, it wasn't like a run but it wasn't a walk it was kind of i guess it would be a trot or whatever you want to call it but mm -hmm. i uh i thought well if you're gonna do it you better make it happen quick um so i i had like say i had about half the slack out of that trigger um and i swung out in front of him just like you shoot a a duck <laughs> kind of <laughs> led him and touched it off and you know the recoil and everything kind of blows me off the gun but uh i shoot boom and then i heard the you know the telltale whack and i was like oh i think that uh, that sounded pretty good and so uh i racked a shell and i i had a better view of back behind the trees from the off to the left so i racked a new shell in and then just ran as fast as i could down the the trail there and got around the corner and looked and I, I couldn't see him. He didn't come out. I was like, well, maybe that's a good sign. Um, I don't see him. So I hustled back to the right, 
and went over to where I'd shot him about that time. My, my dad called me on the phone. He says, you shot, right? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, don't be upset, but I think you missed. <laughs> and I was like, what? There's no way it felt good. I heard the hit and he says, well, we didn't, we didn't, uh, hear a hit. The buck didn't act hit and we saw dust kick up and he ran over the hill. You know, they had a view of him about 30 yards and just a little tiny roller there. Um, just a depression in the ground. And he's like, and he didn't really act hit. And I was like, I was like, there's no way. Like I was having a whole breakdown over there. I'm like, there's no way everything felt good. I heard the hit. So I jumped the fence and, and got right where he was when I shot and I looked, um, and there was no blood. Um, and so then I kind of started the grass over in there was pretty short, you know, ankle high. Um, so I was just looking for a dead deer body at that point because I, I felt like he couldn't have made it very far. Um, I look around, I don't see anything. So I'm progressively getting worried and upset. And so I walked all the way down the fence line till it hit a corner post. Um, that was about 150 yards down the fence line. Um, I looked up on the hill and sure enough, there's, there's two does and a buck up there. And from that distance, he kind of looked like the buck I had shot at. I was like, oh crap. So I ran up there to cut them off before they got off the property. And I did, I cut them off. Um, they were about 175 yards when they came through the, the opening I was set up on. And I looked at this one and I knew it wasn't my buck because this buck was a three by three. Um, and the buck I had shot, I knew as he turned, I, I saw four points on the, the one side and this buck wasn't him. And I'm like, okay, so that's not him. Um, what happened? So I started thinking about what could have happened. And at the very back of that tree shelter belt, there's a tight little Canyon. That's just tall enough that like a person or a deer could drop in there and you couldn't see him escape. And so I was thinking, well, maybe he got out of that and I just, maybe I did miss him or I wounded him. You know, I didn't hit him very good. Um, so I climbed back up on the hill and gotten a good vantage point to really look at those trees and got on the 18s and was just staring into the trees, trying to pick up any, you know, movement or a deer shape or color. And I sat there for about 10 to 15 minutes, just stewing on it. I mean, just mad and confused and like, there's no way I miss that deer. I mean, I even had a thought process at one point. I mean, everybody misses a shot, but I had a thought process at one point. I'm like, man, if I can't make that shot, I might as well give it up. Like I know he was moving, but everything felt great. And so I like, you know what? And I didn't really want to go down in there and, and bust more deer out if there were deer in there. Cause the other hunter was still hunting. And I was just like, you know what? I've got to go down in there and really bust some cover and see if I can find him. So I loaded up my, all my stuff, uh, put it in my pack and, and started hustling down there. And about the time I got to where I shot him, my dad could see me again and called me. He says, so what's the plan? And I says, well, I said, we're going to jump over in here and I'm going to walk around. He says, that's a good idea. Cause you know, we, we only saw him go 30 yards, but we never really saw him come out. So he could be over in there. We just never saw any evidence that he was hurt. I said, all right. So I jumped the fence and I started looking at this point, I started looking more for blood and over on the short grass side where I shot him, I couldn't see any blood. It's like, well, all right. So I'm like, well, I'm going to jump the fence and get in the thick stuff. So I jumped the fence. And as soon as you jump the fence, the grass was like waist high. And then it, this tall grass was about 
30, 40, maybe 50 yards wide. And then it led into the, the tree cover. Um, so I turned on my onyx so that I could really cover, you know, the tracking portion. So I could really track, really work this over into like a zigzag pattern. So I walked down and there was a few junipers and a cottonwood at the end. That was kind of my pivot point. Cause I knew if that deer would have gotten to there, I would have seen him. So I went down the first walk and didn't see anything. Turned around and started coming back. Well, I, just as I started to come back, uh, all the other guys arrived, my dad and the, the three other hunters. And the young guy come up to me, the young kid, and says, well, where'd you shoot him at? And I told him, well, he's way over there. And I ranged it. It was like 145 yards uh, where I shot him at. And he's like, way over there. And so he started to kind of cut over there. And I said, well, just stand 10, 12 yards from me and just walk it. Let's walk back towards the fence and see if we can find him. He's like, all right. So uh started walking and about 15 to 20 steps later, all of a sudden my buck just appeared laying there in the grass dead. And it's a good feeling, isn't it? Yeah. So I I was I I screamed. I'm like, he's dead right here. Woo. And you know, threw down the trigger sticks and I was like, I knew I hit him. I knew I hit him. And so I picked him up and showed everybody and then uh, started looking at my shot. And I'm like, I hit him on his left side, uh, one rib behind his front shoulder. And it came out on the opposite side and broke just the back portion of his shoulder blade going out. Um, so when I cleaned him out and stuff, I'd, I'd punctured both lungs and went straight through him, but he, uh, he showed no sign of getting hit. And he, uh, once I backtracked him and stuff, I figured he made it about 150 yards, probably the way he ran. That's crazy. Um, and he really didn't start bleeding until he made it through the fence. Once, once he made it through the fence. And that was another thing that freaked me out. Most, most deer I've seen that are hurt bad. Won't try to make the fence, but what he did is he didn't jump it and he didn't go under it. He actually picked between the bottom wire and the middle wire and went in between them. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He had hair. He had white hair on the bottom wire where when we backtracked him, we found little tufts of white hair. And then he had brown hair stuck in the bob wire on the top on the middle wire. So we oh, figured he went went between the wires. Um and then once he got through there, he started bleeding pretty good. But on the the short grass side of the fence, I I backtracked him all the way to where I shot him and I found one little fleck of blood about the size of like your pinky fingernail. Wow. Uh, but as soon as, as soon as he made the fence, then he started to bleed pretty bad. Um, but yeah, we got him. Um, and then I, we got him all taken care of and took him into town and, um, I'm getting him Euro mounted and Taryn told me I was stupid. So yeah, Taryn, Taryn told me I was stupid. My buddy from Oklahoma told me I was stupid. Nate told me I was stupid. Well, you see, <laughs> see, Seth's one of those guys. He's a he's a trophy hunter, and so oh, you know he's, he's all about the score. So if it doesn't score a certain number, he won't put it on the wall. He's he's one of those guys. So you know no, that, that's how it I goes. Had, I had outside influences. I had everybody that had hunted it before telling me euro it, and then I had everybody that saw it uh, that hadn't hunted out there was like, oh, you got to mount it, you got to mount it. So I I had. Uh, differing opinions so. <laughs> um, uh, i don't know dude i'm, I'm just kind of like if, if you think it's awesome and you want to look at it uh, yeah. and i guess you know some people like 
like they like euros more than they like shoulder mounts so they like the look shoulder of it better mounts, but yeah. i'm sitting in a room right now with a bunch of both and i'd much rather look at a, a shoulder mount i think it just looks so dang cool to have a shoulder mount i'm gonna go back at some point and get one that'll be shoulder mounted i'll nice. have the two of them together that'd be cool but uh yeah so we got him taken care of and then uh, that evening um the other hunter missed again um this guy had uh, had been recovering from cancer and so uh he couldn't push it as hard and he was shooting a different gun than he'd always shot because he was afraid his magnums would uh, mess with his bones and stuff while he was trying to recover um so he missed again um and then the following day uh we didn't see anything in the morning but we bird hunted during the middle of the day killed a pheasant um and then saw a ton of sharptails i would have loved to have been chasing the sharptails but the sharptails were all right where the deer were and so i didn't want to blow the deer out while we we're still deer hunting um and then tuesday night um they went over to another area and i spotted a really nice buck um i called him and told him you guys got to get over here right now um and they got there just as the buck was giving them like one last chance and they couldn't get on him um then they walked down towards the end of the property line and a different buck was in there and they missed him. Um, and we all told him, we know you can make those shots, man. Just calm down and make it work. And we got to dinner that night and he's like, well, let's just go home in the morning. I, I've got a lot of shots and everybody at dinner's like, no, let's hunt the morning and then we'll leave. It's like, all right. And so I told him and my dad told him, go down on the end of the property and there's a fence post down there that's close to the, the property line and just sit. And I told him, I'll sit up higher and watch for you. Um, I'll see what happens. And sure enough, I'm sitting there. It's been about 45 minutes. I haven't seen many deer. I'm like, man, I told him to come over here and we're not seeing anything. And then all of a sudden I just heard boom, whop. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that one hit. So. I went running down the road and caught up to him and I said, so what'd you get? And they go, Oh, we couldn't really see him. He was in the cottonwoods and we know he's got four points on one side, but we couldn't tell what he was and he'll be a good last day buck. And so let's go find him. So we dropped down in there and found him. And, uh, I was like, well, here's some blood and walked around a little tree and I'm like, well, he's dead right here. And I looked at him and I'm like, I'm like, that's the big one. <laughs> So we picked him up and sure enough, it was that big one I had spotted the night before. So he's, uh, he's a little short, but he's, he's pretty wide for a white tail and he's got tons of mass and he's got a, a triple eye guard. So we, we don't get pretty to see good. him we, and none of us get to see him. What the heck, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm respecting the guy's wishes. He didn't want to share it. Um, and I'm just gonna, I'm just, if he wants to, when the time comes and he wants to share it, I'll let him. Um, it's a cool buck so Seth did show me a picture of it but yes it's it's a really really cool buck it's a very unique it's got man the the eye guard I I guess you call them eye guards on that one side Mm. is just awesome yeah Yeah, big gnarly uh, triple eye guard and then he's got like a he's got a point on his right hand side on the main beam that it's actually considered a cheater because it's it's out of a line with the others but it's it's just a short one. Um, really? Yeah, it's just it's just out of line of the other the other points. Um, but uh, it's a really cool buck, an older buck. You can definitely tell he's uh, 
he's a little bit older age class compared to the other two. I think I think mine and the the young hunters are probably three and a half year olds, maybe four year olds, and then this buck's more along the line of that like five or six year old mm-hmm. deer. Yeah. Just a big moose looking head on them and and uh more mass and just and a lot of bumps and stuff kind of signs of an old older deer yeah but, so all in all you're pretty stoked about your uh your south dakota whitetail experience yes. huh? yep yep it was a good time and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to go back i'm gonna try to get my uh in the next year or two i'm gonna try to get my daughter back there and try to get one that'd be cool That'd be cool. I, I want to get a whitetail under my belt. I don't know where I want to do it, but I want to get a whitetail under my belt and one that I could put up I, on the wall. I'm not going to be as picky about you if I put one <laughs> on the wall. If I see a good well, one, it's going to go up there. But I would definitely recommend like the one of the Plains states, uh, whether that's Kansas or Nebraska or South Dakota. They're just uh, the bodies on them just seem to be a little more robust, a little bigger deer than some of those southern whitetails mm-hmm. uh, that's where i would recommend yeah yeah like you go to like so i spent i went on my mission to kentucky and man i remember the first whitetail i saw there i was like i thought it was a coyote thing was so small mm-hmm. <laughs> itty bitty little things but yeah i'd love to go get me like a kansas whitetail even like a an eastern colorado whitetail i think would be cool yeah 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 you're you're right in that Kansas area, so you're you're talking the same basic body yeah. size. Yeah, stuff. basically the same animal. But yep. yeah, I'd be I think it'd be awesome to to go hunt those one day. I got those on my list and I got coos deer on my list. I think coos deer I'm gonna <laughs> check off pretty quickly. I've got a couple buddies that are that they already do hunt coos deer, and so I think I'm gonna be able to, you know, tag along with them and be able to get me a coos deer down at, at some point. So I'm I'm excited. Well is about your that. is your archery tag in Arizona good for yeah, you can either do, or you can do either or, but where we're hunting, there's there's no mostly muleys, just mule deer, yeah. mule deer. But there's some good mule deer. I, I when we asked, they said you're you're looking about like a 180 class mule deer. So I'm I'd be happy to arrow one of those. Oh, dude, I'd be I'd be absolutely stoked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just excited to be able to hunt in uh, in in January because normally, like right now. You know, we'd just barely be getting back from our Colorado hunt right now. And so that'd be kind of the end of hunting for me. And I kind of, I have that coming up. Also really have a bucket list item that I want to get done this year, which is I want to get a, a good mountain lion. So I got oh, another buddy yeah. that uh, runs dogs. And so we're going to, we're going to go see if we can't get me a, a nice mountain lion this year. So I'm, I'm excited about that. So I still got those two coming up, which is, that's not too bad, right? Still got a few to do. No. Are you no, done hunting for the bad. year? Are you are you uh, out? other than other than small game and varmints and shed hunting mm, and coyotes? Yep, with the Henry. Yes. <laughs> well, I, dude, I we it was a good hunting year. Honestly, it was it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun experiences. I'm looking forward to, to next year's hunts when when they come around. Hopefully, you and I can get together and do some more hunts next year. But yep. uh, what's your plans next year? Any anything you want to? put out there any teasers out there that you got planned next year uh general season utah if i draw uh, archery most likely um fourth season colorado if i draw um for mule deer Mm -hmm. and then if i don't draw that colorado tag i am pretty much guaranteed to take my daughter on that whitetail hunt 
Nice. Nice. That's a good year right there, dude. You can't ask for more than that. No. I think I think if we can pull fourth season Colorado, uh, it will definitely be you called me a trophy hunter. Um, and then that situation that will definitely be a, a trophy hunting situation with four season muleys. Yeah. So, so you're hunting four season mule deer. That you're definitely <laughs> you're right, the smack middle of the uh of the rut so yeah you're you're definitely trophy hunting at that point we'll definitely be hunting colorado next year we're kicking ourselves for not going this year <laughs> but got that i'll have my i should have my utah elk hunt unless uh, dax tells me something crazy next week during the <laughs> that podcast so everybody stay tuned for the podcast no more elk tags in utah that's what he's gonna tell you <laughs> uh, just let me have one year let me get it done this year this next year and then you can do whatever you want with it because i'll never put in for elk in utah ever again so. i know i know my dad's kind of pissed about one of the proposals because he's had uh, one of his kind of sleeper units lately they're they're debating on uh moving it to an open bowl hunt and he's really mad about it oh oh i know it yeah yeah he's he's like if they do that i'm gonna be so pissed off <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing is you're gonna make somebody mad no you know regardless of what you do someone's gonna be mad someone's not gonna be happy with it so it kind of is what it is and you know if they do it and i'm the one that's that's screwed then i guess that's that's how it is too but the only thing that the only thing that caught my eye in all of that was when they said that they're looking at creating uh restricted rifle hunts where they have to be open sites mm -hmm. uh, and i have a 4570 sitting here with no scope on it that's ready to rock yeah that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's a good point oh yeah yeah It'll be a good time. Yeah, so. it will. So we'll see what happens, but it should be a good year for us next year. And yeah, like I said, I got still got a couple of things coming up this year to be able to do. So stay tuned, and and we'll uh, hopefully share some more story with stories with you. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. Just kind of hearing what's been going on with us, and just hopefully it's entertaining hearing about our stories again if you want more details you like on my alaska hunt you can go to our video on youtube and there's a lot of cool stuff in that video um, you can go to our social media pages and see pictures and videos of all the stuff that we've been looking at right now posting up a lot of videos of just big mule deer i've been out videoing big mule deer in the rut and so make sure you're subscribed to our uh, social media platforms uh, instagram facebook mainly and uh, you'll see a lot of those videos check out the ehunter.com website and before we go, Seth, uh, let's go ahead and give away one of these uh, premium Onyx memberships. Uh, what should we What should we do to make them deserve it? Not deserve it, but uh, hmm. earn it. I guess that's a, a good way. How are they going to earn it? Yeah. What do you What do you think? What do you got? And what do you got in your mind? I'm thinking. Do you know what? Let's do this. We. Uh, you know, something that really helps us out, guys, is getting comments and um, ratings on Apple Podcasts. And so if you guys would go and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, uh, if you give us a five-star rating, fantastic. Would love that. But go on, give us a rating, and then uh, post that rating to your story on Instagram or Facebook. And tag us at ehunter underscore official. Uh, we'll go ahead and pick from one of those people that go on and give us a, a rating and post it to their social media. Does that sound good? Yeah, works good for me. 
Okay, we'll start it. Uh, this so this podcast will release on Saturday, the, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, after Black Friday, and uh, we'll run it. Let's say let's run it two weeks. So yep. uh, first weekend in uh, or second weekend in December, we'll close it down. We'll announce the winner. We'll get this uh, this membership in the mail to you. But again, I want to thank Onyx Maps for their support of the podcast and for hooking one of our listeners up with a sweet premium membership. So, all right, guys, we'll appreciate you listening to us. Again, make sure you're subscribed to us here on the podcast or YouTube or social media. Make sure you're checking out eHunter.com frequently. We're always posting new stuff. So, Seth, anything else before we head out? You've got it covered. Okay, sounds good. We'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya. See ya.